One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I've been so excited for this episode to come out. We're just going to get right to it today. A few years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Tanya Rad at an event, and we have kept in touch and been friends ever since. Uh, she truly is a ray of sunshine in this world. If you don't know who Tanya Rad is, where have you been? Where have you been? You can hear Tanya Rad. She co-hosts Kiss FM's On Air with Ryan Seacrest every day. She also hosts iHeartRadio's Top 40 show, The Vibe. You can also catch her with Becca Tilly on Scrubbing In. It is a fantastic podcast if you've not listened to them. Uh, they're a fantastic BFF duo. But today we are talking about Tanya's new book, the Sunshine Mind, 100 Days to Finding the Hope and Joy You Want. Tanya Rad and Raquel Stevens have written this book. It's it's wonderful. I've been listening. I've been hearing about Tanya's dream to, to write a book, publish a book, have it come out for a couple of years now. So just 
just as someone who adores her and just wants all the light in the world to shine on her, I am so thrilled to be able to not only hang out with her for a little over an hour and, in, and invite you guys to join us, but also to be promoting this book, this accomplishment, this goal that she has set for herself, and now it's real out in the world. So guys, please enjoy this conversation with Tanya Rad and pick up her new book, The Sunshine Mind, 100 Days to Finding the Hope and Joy You Want, anywhere you like to pick up books. Thinking back to the last time we saw each other in person would have been here in Nashville. And we went to my favorite coffee shop, which is called The Coffee Shop in downtown Franklin mm-hmm. on second. And you were talking about how you wanted to write a book. You were like uh-huh. already talking about how like, I don't know if you were working on it yet, but you were trying to conceptualize I knew it, like definitely a feel good and, you know, elements of like prayer and things like that. So I, you were already conceptualizing this book. Was that something, how long have you been working on this? Because um, I know you've posted about it on your, uh, on Instagram in like years past uh, different uh, vision boards that you've had. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. The, the crazy thing is I've had this idea to write a book for years. I think I started in like 2019, um, but it wasn't this book. It was a different book. It was like a dating book that was kind of like fun and silly and lighthearted. And it, and that proposal took me a lot of time, a lot of money. Um, and it just was on like the cutting room floor. It didn't go anywhere. And it was like really heartbreaking. It was just like a really, it was like the ultimate rejection. Do you know what I mean? I was like, this Mm -hmm. is like my heart on a platter and nobody wants it. And so I didn't give up. I took a beat. I let myself be sad and kind of feel all those feelings. And then kind of really just opened up about it on my podcast about how that experience like really broke me. But I was like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to, I really want to write a book and I want it to mean something. And so that's kind of how this book all came together because a listener reached out to me and was like, I, I have faith in you. I want to introduce you to my aunt who works at a publishing company. Um, and then I was like, I want to do a book that's really going to make a difference. And it was kind of at that point after the pandemic had kind of started. And I was like, I really want this to be a community and a place of encouragement and hope and, and beautiful things. And so I partnered with my, one of my best friends, Raquel Stevens and like, the book was born. It was just like such a beautiful story of kind of how it all came to be. Do you feel like there was some kismet in the, and also there's tons of time to write a book on love and dating and relationships. And we're going to get to, to that in a little bit, but, um, but do you feel like it was kismet because you do live your, there is a, a huge element of your life that you live out loud online and you invite people in and it's part of also just your, your job and your career at this point being on the microphone every day, being on the radio, people really, really get to know you. But also yeah. you're in such a different place right now in in a, in, in a beautiful relationship. So is it nice to also be having this book as opposed to now going on like a press tour talking about like single days and dating and like the heartbreaks and the ups and downs. You know, what's funny is like, I feel as though I'm always going to be that single girl that people look to. Like, I feel like a big majority of my following and my listeners are single or are going through a season of, of being single and like look to me for advice because I was single in LA and like I was so open about all of the ups and downs. I really didn't have a private life. Like the only thing that I keep private 
in my life now are my boyfriend's kids. That's literally it because just, you know, they're kids. And so we kind of had that like understanding. But other than that, everything is game on because it's such a beautiful thing to be able to, I think what I've been able to experience through this community of, of podcasting and on air and, and social media is the more vulnerable you allow yourself to be with people, the more vulnerable they are back. And people, we, we learn through experiences. And when people are sharing their experiences with you in such a vulnerable way, we all grow and we all benefit. And so I feel like I'm always going to be like that single girl, you know what I mean? Kind of, I have that attitude about about me. Um, but it is nice being kind of on the other side of it, but still going through a lot. Like, it's so funny when you're single, you're like, I just want to be in a relationship. I just want to be married. And like, then, then life is going to be so much easier when you're in a relationship. Like it's not easy. They require a lot of work and like a lot of hard work, you know? And so it's like, I'm not just living in this, you know, rainbows and butterflies world. Like, you know, we do have, we have things and we have, we have arguments. We don't agree on everything, but it's like, it is nice being on the other side, being able to be like, I was going through this journey for almost a decade with all of you and I didn't give up and I always held out hope and like it paid off. I looked up, I mean, just researching you, which you don't obviously do very often for friends. So I, you know, I think I saw an old blog of yours from a while back. It was like hashtag 365 days is single. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, this yeah, really, because yeah. I never saw like... Yeah, because we met when I had just started dating my boyfriend. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I did not know this, you know, persona of yours. Um, and I am also like so jealous hearing the freedom at which you're able to share yourself and your experiences um, with people so beautifully and the freedom that comes with that. But also that is a skill within itself because immediately when I hear you talking about being vulnerable with other people, my mind goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then what if, what if you're super vulnerable with him and then something goes wrong or something comes out wrong or it, it's just wrong? Like it's scary. Something bad happens. It's too much. You're too vulnerable. Has that happened where it's almost backfired? I mean, I will say I've been open about some men on the air. Uh, and then like, you know, it's a fine line because I signed up for this. This is my job. This is my career. This is my life. And so I am open and honest about everything. But these guys that I'm dating aren't. So I always kind of gave them code names and nicknames and stuff as like not to call them out. But it would get a little bit tricky if things ended on like a weird note that like, I mean, some of the stories are just so crazy. That's like, they're literally straight out of a movie. And so some of the stuff isn't even appropriate to share on the air. So I had to kind of like, you know, it's interesting because people are following a story. It's your life. They want to hear the it, ending. They want to hear the ending. So I would kind of have to frame it in a way that l led people to their imagination, but like also, you know, being respectful of things going on in somebody else's life that then maybe they don't want to share publicly, you know? So yeah. it is funny when I was doing my 365 days of single, I did that because... And so sorry to interrupt, but where were you like actively being like, I'm going to stay single? Or were you just like, I've had 365 days of being no, single? No, no, no. Okay. I was actively wanting to be single for a year because what I found was I was going on dates and I was almost like interviewing these men. Like it was just mm -hmm. like, okay, what's your job? What's your sign? What do you do for fun? Like I wasn't 
because I was basically just like shopping for a husband. I wasn't letting myself just enjoy the dating process. It was very much becoming like this interview process for me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take being in a relationship fully off the table. So that's not even like, I'm not even going to consider dating these people so that I can just like relax and enjoy and like have a good time instead of being so, you know, by the book and so rigid when I was dating. How did that go? It was fun. <laughs> it was really fun. I, so I'm assuming you allowed yourself to, I mean, you you weren't like no kiss. It was, you, you were dating or you weren't like basically getting into a serious relationship then. No. And then I also came up with this other rule for myself that I wasn't having sex outside of a committed relationship. So, yeah. you know, that you can use your imagination. I was single for however long. So, you know, it's, uh, was quite the process. That sounds like a process, but what's, yeah. also I feel like that's actually really beautiful. Did you have so many people, I don't want to just generalize it to women because in the event, there were some men that wrote in as well saying that's really nice to hear because the reality is we get kind of this idea of, you know, if, if you decide to be sexually, once you decide to be sexually active in your life, then all of a sudden it's just a part of your life. And if you never take that time to ever stop and really get to know yourself and what you want and your desires, you're in what I've found in just speaking with so many people about this is just all of a sudden you're like within you're looking at your sex life through the lens of someone else as well or what someone else might want or what someone else is expecting and you're never just in the quiet to think about what you want and what you might desire and what you might expect for yourself and it's so interesting you say that because I think that society kind of has this they portray this thing of like you're single and you're powerful and and have sex with whoever you want. And, you know, like when you're young, be single, be free. And I feel like I adopted that mentality and it was so against the person that I am. Mm -hmm. But I was like, everybody's telling me I'm young, I'm single, I'm free. And I would just do it. And what happened was I found myself in this perpetual pattern of pain. And I don't know if you know who Devon Franklin is, but he, he's, he's amazing. He's like a director in Hollywood. He's an author. Um, he does like, he speaks, he's like a pastor also. He's just an incredible human and he's written tons of books. And I remember reading his book called The Weight and it totally resonated with me because I was like, I am constantly hurting myself because I'm giving my body to these people before I'm in a committed, serious, committed relationship. Mm. And I'm, and what's the pattern here? And he's like, you're constantly getting hurt. And so he's like, listen to yourself and start doing what makes you feel good. And once I kind of like took my power back, it was really awesome. Like I almost like when I'd go on a first date, I was like, well, I'm not going to sleep with you unless we're in a committed relationship. And like, I would just kind of throw it out there. And if it scared someone off, it scared them off. And I didn't care because it was like, I was protecting myself. And it's like, I don't judge anybody because to each their own, if you can have, you know, there's no judgment on my end, but like for me personally, it was not beneficial to my, my confidence, my self-esteem, um, the person that I am. And so once I kind of figured it, figured that out, it was really empowering. And I was also dating in a very different way. And you gave yourself the time and the, per and you gave yourself permission to figure that out. And yeah. it's funny, I've had so many of this, so many of the same conversation with friends of, of, within our age range that grew up with sex in the city. 
I fucking love Sex in the City. I'm going to yes, say I love same. it. I love it. I'm watching and, you know, and just like that, I'm, wa- I'm watching it all, you know, but there is something to be said about where I look back thinking, oh, those were formative years where I was also figuring out, you know, my sexuality, what that meant, what relationships meant, what being single meant. And I was looking at a, a very specific, you know, example of just there, there's obviously relationships, there's sex within relationships, and then there's being single where an element of sex is just so you can talk about it with your friends over, you know, at brunch the next day. And that's it. And, and even if that wasn't what was in, intentional from any of the Sex and the City right, writers. Like that's like what we're getting, like, that's, that's what we're yes. feeding our brains. Yes. So it is an interest. I feel like it was an interesting time um, to, you know, be, be watching, you know, women take control of their sexuality and without room as well to say, actually, I want to wait and I want to, or not, or just take a break to think what I might want for a little while. And, and that that can actually work and be parallel to um, being single and still hanging out with people and meeting people. And I think like the thing is, I remember when I started really being open about that, um, I get a lot of response from women saying how comforted they felt because they felt the same way, but they couldn't express that to the men they were dating because they thought that they would run away or be scared off or not want them anymore. And I feel like that's such a sad place to be in when you're doing something just because you feel like the other person wants it and you don't, you know what I mean? Like it's just, so if if me being open and and honest about feeling that way gives anybody some sort of power or, or like empowers them to do the same thing, it's a win because I, I also was doing that, you know, like in my early twenties, it was just like, And then I was just constantly sad and like depressed. And I was like, hmm, what's the like consistent pattern here? And also that that doesn't take away. I just want to be very clear to anyone listening that might all of a sudden be like, oh, maybe it's because like some people just don't like sex. No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with a very healthy, very active sex drive at all all. It's being in tune with who you are and what you desire and what you like about sex and who you might be having that with and making sure that you are in a safe place to explore all of those, you know, intimate areas and be vulnerable with someone if you'd like. And and I agree with you. I think that it's different for everybody and there is no one way. But if if it's not working for you, being able to take a step back and tune into what is. And I feel like that leads into what you talk about all the time on your social media, which is modern woman energy. And and I did you coin this? Did you read this somewhere? <laughs> You've adopted it so beautifully. And wh- where did you first kind of take on the like, fuck yeah, modern woman energy? Uh, thank you for saying that. I didn't, you know, actually, I think it was a scrubber that came up with modern woman energy. But like, I, the term modern woman felt so empowering to me, like early on in my career. Um, it was just kind of like this mentality of, as a woman, I don't want to be told what to do or told what, what's expected of me. Like I want to listen to my own heart's desires and I want to do that. And I feel like women are judged every way, shape and form. If you are a career woman who's waiting to get married and have babies, um, you know, you're a boss bitch or whatever. Uh, if you um, are somebody that wants to stay at home and be a full-time mom, that's looked down on now, you know? And I think that for me, being a modern woman is about 
just being who you want to be, you know, if you're designed, like I was never, I was very unapologetic that I wanted both things. I wanted a super strong career. I wanted to be working and I wanted to be making my own money and be independent. But I was also searching for a husband and I want a family and I want to have that part of my life too. And so I pursued both of those things very aggressively and, you know, people would judge it and they would say, you're so, you know, you preach modern woman energy, but you're so desperate to find a man. And I'm like, I'm not desperate at all. Actually, I'm like the opposite of desperate because I've dated so many guys and I'm not settling because I really know what I want and what I deserve. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do crave a family and I do want to have that. So I'm going to pursue it just as hard as I did and do with my career. I'm going to go at it full force. I'm going to date. I'm going to take some time off. Like I'm going to do whatever I can to get to the other side. And I feel like that's my mentality. And it's praised when you do it in the workforce, you know, and you're a go-getter and you're, you know, going full force after what you want. But also if you do it at the same time in your relationship, you're desperate. And so it's just kind of like, I wanted to kind of get rid of the stigma and just like allow people to live their lives the way that they wanted to and be free from, you know, shame and judgment. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Have you read those articles or I feel like there was like a a time where it hit the news where and it comes and goes all the time where it's like the disruption of traditional ways of the way men and women operate is, you know, the fact that women are trying to, there is no such thing as 50-50 within a household, you know there needs to be a power dynamic of one person doing one thing that they're good at and another person doing all the other things. And that's, it's the disruption of the expectation that everyone does 50-50 of the chores of the household that's ruining, you know, the hotness of relationships or something like that. And I just, it, every time it comes back into the news, I roll my eyes. I'm just like, why? No, there is no, we, you can't necessarily have it all. Like if you're, if you're needing to, just like it's impossible to have the best day you can ever have at work where you're giving it your all 
and also run home and have like a huge meal cooked for a bunch of people and remember your friend's birthday and do that like all on your, you just can't do all that stuff. There will always be something that's got to give, but it doesn't mean that there's not going to be ebbs and flows in which you're just rocking different elements of your life. If that's exactly what to you're saying what you want. And it's, it is nice to finally watch so many friends of mine that are saying, I just want to stay home. I don't want to work anymore. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's wonderful. And other friends of mine that are like, I really want to continue working. Like, this is what I need and what I'm good at. And I want to provide for my family, knowing that I have a partner that can also stay home. Like, that's amazing too. So every time I see that modern woman energy, it just, it, I really, really like that sentiment and the way that you talk about it specifically. Thank you. And I think like, again, it's to each their own. You know what I mean? I think some people, I, for me, I really wanted a partnership. Like I wanted a partner in my life that also wanted to work. So like I wanted to be, you know, I still want to have my career and I want to work because that's important to me to have my own, you know, source of income. And I think that was just kind of ingrained in me from my mom. Um, but I also want a partner that has a career and has a vision and that I admire. And then I also want a partner like we cook together or if I cook dinner, he'll do the dishes. And if he cooks, I'll do the dishes. Mm -hmm. And it's very much, you know, we both have our strengths and our weaknesses and we don't really necessarily share everything 50-50 in terms of, you know, responsibilities and stuff like that. But I feel like we are real really good partners in that sense. And that's kind of what I always wanted. And, and, and also too, like people would also say, you know, um, I do have some, you know, I like when the guy pays for the first date and, you know, I, I like when he opens the door for me, you know, just because I'm a modern woman doesn't mean I don't want my boyfriend to open the door for me and be chivalrous. You know, it's just, it's like, it's just kind of doing what you want. And so I think instead of judging and kind of pointing the finger, everybody's always just like, oh, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. But it's like, if that feels good to you, then like you do you. Yeah. I know it's, I just, I hate admitting when I just can't do it myself, especially right now. And so I had to get a loaner car. My car's in the shop and I couldn't, I I couldn't get the car seat. Like I just couldn't snap the car seat. And I was like pushing it and pushing it. And I just was like, why is it not working? So I had to like, with my tail between my legs, go back to where the, like all these dudes are. And I was like, I can't get the car seat in. And I'm like, I think it's something with the car. It's not me. It's gotta be the car. Yeah. And so they came over to help and like within two seconds, just snapped it in. I was like, Oh, like the, it was, it was just the brute force. I didn't have the force within me to be able to do that. And it's like, there is a, an element of, uh, that is also what I've had to realize is a part of modern woman energy is just sometimes that is also just asking someone else for help and totally. admitting that like you need, you need help. Sometimes you need to call a gal pal and be like, Hey, I, I need to talk for 20 minutes or Hey, I, can you post this thing on Instagram and help promote this? Or, and sometimes you need to ask a bunch of dudes to just shove a car seat in because your body weight wouldn't shove it into clicking properly and safely. Totally. Like, you know, some people, they'll they'll, um, tag me and some stuff like they're like, I just brought home this Ikea, whatever. And I assembled it all on my own modern woman energy. And I like respond to them. And I'm like, I love that. That's so awesome. You're, you know, modern woman. But also if you needed to call a task rabbit to have them come and assemble it so you could have some wine because you had a really rough day. Like, that's modern woman that's energy okay too. too. Yes, that I'm is like, okay too. I have had many Ubers, <laughs> like had to zip me up into dresses when I was single and living alone. I've had to, you know, I've had to do some questionable things. Can't do it all. 
You can't do it all. You can't do it all. But you can have a good perspective on it and, and yourself when you when you hit those moments, which I think uh, leads them perfectly to your book, The Sunshine Mind. Um, so walk me through it. So it's 100 days, 100 days to finding the hope and joy you want. I There it is. There it is. I know mine should be getting in here any day. I also pre-ordered it, but um, I'm very so excited. So it makes a big difference. So everyone go out and buy it. By the time this comes out, the book will be out everywhere and available. Amazing. Um, I know that like, obviously we're jumping into finding the hope and the joy. Is there a part of you, you and I are similar in the ways that we, I, I feel like that we're both very positive people. Even when things yeah. are kind of like a shit storm, you can find, you can make the lemonade um, you can find the good thing in, in all the chaos. You can hold on to that little piece of hope. And I can do that very well too. But I also can recognize when I start to turn it into toxic positivity. Was there an element of going into writing this book where you were considering like, where have you had that come up at all? It's interesting you say that because I, I feel like I've been very uh, real with my emotions, especially with like listeners and, and things like that, because I will, if I'm having a really rough time, like I'll cry and I won't even pretend like I'm okay. Like I will literally say, I can't get into this today because if I talk about it, I'll cry and I really don't want to cry. So it's like, I'm open and I can express that like I'm going through a hard time or I'm going through something difficult or something's affecting me. Um, and then sometimes I will cry. Sometimes it just comes out. So it's like, I don't ever, I don't hide when I'm not doing well. Um, but I think that the sunshine mindset is kind of like what you're saying. It's kind of finding the silver lining, you know, um, and just kind of really seeing it's a devotional. So it's a straight up like Christian devotional where it's a Bible verse and then an explanation, but it's, it's for, I, I always say it's for the modern woman because I felt like, um, when I, started going to church and became a Christian, I felt like it was very overwhelming to kind of understand everything. And I didn't know the Bible very well. And so I wanted this to be very bite-sized and, um, and really current in kind of what we're experiencing as women, you know, living our lives these days. And so it's like, it's almost a book that I wish I would have told my 19 year old self. It's very like doable daily things. Um, and things in my life that happened, like I got let go from my very first radio job when I was in, in college. And you know, when like you're that young and it was when the economy just went down. And so mm -hmm. there, everything just kind of was, they were laying off every part-time employee. And you don't know that when you're that young, you're like, oh my gosh, it's me. It's I'm personal. It's, it's just so, you. Yes. It's just me. And I was like, I never, am going to have a job and da, da, da. And what's crazy is like looking at that now, it was such a God blessing in my life because I was planning on staying in Tucson, Arizona and working for this small town local radio station because none of my friends were getting jobs after graduating because it was that hard of the, the economy was that bad. And I was like, I have a job. So why would I leave it? You know, had, had I not got let go from that job, I would never have come to LA and, and be where I am now, which is like, I'm part of one of the biggest morning shows in the country. And like, it was such a God thing in my life. He literally had to like push me out. I was very uncomfortable with it. Push me out of that position that I was in to bring me into this bigger platform that was meant for me, you know? And so it's almost like, and I was also able to like adopt that mentality when I was dating too. If I, you know, broke up with somebody, it wasn't, 
because I was lacking anything. It was just like, there was, he wasn't meant for me. And like, I'll figure it out. Like I'll, I'll be able to see it when I look back. And so it's kind of just looking at life in that way and also friendships and confidence and body image and everything that goes on with social media and kind of being able to put a different mindset and perspective to those things. Um, so I'm really hoping that people can relate to it in a way and also feel less alone and also be able to kind of ad- adopt this, this shield and kind of, that's what I felt like I was able to, my mindset was always a shield, you know, like if anybody was trying to get into my cocoon, it was just like, you can't get in here. I'm zipped up and I've got good juju going on and it's just going to bounce off. And I feel like that's what I hope the book is for people. It's so interesting because I, my mind immediately goes to what has it been like in LA talking about your book is this devotional with a lot of people in LA. Cause I, now I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and I grew up going to the church. I grew up, uh, I was raised Christian. We went to a Presbyterian church. My grandfather was a Methodist pastor for a long time. Like I had, like, I don't go to church now. I don't necessarily consider myself a Christian, even though I was raised within the Christian church. My, my daughter asks about God and religions and there's like a fun activity she does, like a after school thing she does. And there's an element where they send them home with devotionals. Sometimes we talk about it. Like I, I'm not, it, because I didn't have a big experience with religion or organized religion or Christianity or any religion one way or the other that has left me in adulthood having this like extreme perspective on it. And it's been interesting to be back in, well, specifically just in the South where, you know, I'm hanging out at coffee with a bunch of friends and, or just like out at the bar and someone's like, oh yeah, we're going to go to church tomorrow if you guys want to come. And and I'm just like, whoa, I haven't had, I haven't just heard the word church in so many years. Like what, what's, what? And it's just, I I forget that like, uh, that that's actually very, I, I don't know. I just was out of it for so long. And I don't know if that was LA. I don't know if that was industry. I don't know what that was, but have you, have you felt that living in LA or California? Not to say that there's no churches or Christianity in California or no, LA, but, but do you know what like I'm taboo. saying? Yeah. It's almost yes, like taboo. Will, like yes. you can't, you can't talk about it, you know? And, and it is interesting because I didn't really find my faith or my relationship with God until my like mid twenties. So I grew up in a Serbian Orthodox church. I kind of went to church as a formality. I didn't even understand. Sorry to interrupt. A Serbian Orthodox church? Yeah. So my family was from Serbia. And so we would go to Serbian Orthodox church and they spoke Serbian and I would go and it was, it was again, like a Sunday formality. It wasn't like a relationship I had with God or even Mm. faith, to be honest. And so this, this happened for me in my mid twenties, which is why I think it's such a good perspective because I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't really, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have this faith until later on in life. And my partner that wrote the book with me, she grew up in church. So she kind of has that mindset and that mentality, but, um, especially in the entertainment industry, you know, people don't, they don't say Jesus. They don't talk about church. Um, and it was, it did feel a little like irreverent in the beginning, like saying, you know, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to my Bible study or I'm going to church. But I think that it's always been my truth. And I think that also, you know, there's this weird connotation where everybody right now is making everything, you know, religion is political and everything is, uh, you know, religion is, is judgment. And I really hope that people can like, look at me as an example 
of Christ and just know that I'm, you know, I'm not judgmental. I live my life uprightly and I have a positive perspective and just kind of, I hope that they can see his light through me. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's about being an example, but not also not feeling like you have to, you know, judge other people or shove it down anyone's face, but just that they'll look at your life and say, you know, I like, she's got a good energy. She's got something that I can't put my finger on. Like, let me learn more about where she gets that from. And I think you'll be able to tell in the book. 
modern woman energy, modern Christian energy. And I think because dating too, it can be very, you can get really down on yourself. And like the thing with me is I'm cheesy. I will do things that you probably would like cringe if I told you, but like I would get home from a really bad date. And for me not to be sad and sit in that sadness and kind of say like, what's wrong with me? And like, I'm never going to find somebody. I would write in my dear future husband journal. And I would write to him and say all the things that I knew he was going to be um, and kind of just take that approach to it. So it would make me happy when I got home and like more hopeful for like the person that I was going to meet. Um, I also would create space in my home for a partner. Like I would literally have a piece of my closet empty so that I could have space to bring somebody in. And I do things like I leave post-its, um, all over my mirror and my bathroom, if I'm dealing or struggling with something with body image or, or if there's something that I'm feeling like I'm lacking in my life, I'll put it on a post-it and just remind myself of it daily. So I do really cheesy things like that. And so I wanted to put a lot of that in the book because I think sometimes it's just taking that extra step and really to just like be silly or allow yourself to have that kind of release that's mm-hmm. so, for me, it's just been so beneficial. And so I really wanted to kind of have those practices and those things that I do, you know, when I was struggling with body image and, and, you know, a bully that was calling me chubby and fat and disgusting. Um, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would just speak positively over my body and like, look, really look at it and be like, wow, like, you have really nice boobs and like, look at how muscular your legs are. And like you work out. And like, I would always just like speak about my body naked in the mirror and it would like really affect me in a really beautiful, positive way. And like a lot of people hear that and they're like, I would never do that. But some people I think would do it. And I feel like the benefit just outweighs anything else. I forget who was just talking about this. I don't know. It, it was It's someone who's a performer. I don't know if she's an actress or a singer, but who's a mom who had come out with saying that that was part of what uh, she had been, you know, offered to do from her. Her therapist had, rec- oh, had Megan said, Trainer. was it Megan, Megan Trainer? I was going to yeah, say that, yeah. but I didn't want to like, in case it wasn't. But her trainer said like, or her therapist said, you should stand in front of the mirror for a certain amount of minutes a day and just look at your body and compliment your body, just you on your own. And it is, it you know, it it is important to be able to do that. Not everyone knows how to do it. Where, like, were you taught these, because these are, these are also fantastic tools, you know, it's like, from in my years and years and years of therapy, now I can say I have this emotional <laughs> toolbox that I've just collected from all my therapists. It's been like the Home Depot and the Ace Hardware of therapy. I've just collected all these tools that I take out when I need something just to tighten up or loosen up or fix. Um, but I've had to learn those things. And and some of them, you know, was based off of my experiences growing up. But a lot of them have also just been you know, learning them from people that have given me really great guidance. I mean, did you, have you come up with these things? Have you always been a curious person to, to try anything or were you surrounded by either parents or teachers or or guides who gave you these emotional tools for your toolbox? I am literally like a sponge and I'm a 
chatty Cathy. I meet people. And my job is very social. So I'm constantly around people. I'm constantly meeting people. And I just like absorb from people. And so, and I would read, I would listen to podcasts and people's stories and things that worked for them. And I would just, I kind of cherry picked all these things from different people that I heard and I would apply them to my life. And some didn't work and some were like amazing. You know, like one of the things that I do every day is I make my bed first thing when I wake up in the morning. And I used to not because I get up at the crack of dawn. So I would just like fly out of bed, put my clothes on and leave. And I'd come home to like, you know, an unkept bed. And then I started doing the making my bed every day. And it totally shifts your mentality because it's like, you've already checked off something off your to-do list and you feel productive before the sun is even up. And so it's like, I have little things like that in there that really shift my mood on a daily basis. And then also things like, I think that, oftentimes when we're in a hard place, we think, you know, and I love therapy. I go to therapy and I'm not like bashing therapy, but I think there is this self-loathing that we do as a society where we're like, woe is me. I have all these problems. Um, when in reality, the best thing to do when you're feeling down is to serve other people. And so there's a lot of things in there about reaching out to your community, um, you know, buying coffee for somebody in the line behind you, paying for some parking meters, leaving beautiful notes somewhere. Like, I think that we forget that serving others and being in community is what we were put on this earth to do. And so I think that when you're feeling like there's so much going on, when you give to other people, it almost just shifts your perspective also. So there's just like a lot of tricks and things that I've learned that help me. And so that's kind of what I put in the book too. What is one of the things that you've tried over the years that you're just like too far, too far, Tanya? <laughs> um, I would set the dinner table for two of us <laughs> when it was just me eating, but I would like set a place for him. And like I found myself thinking, am I supposed to put food on that plate or do I pretend to talk to somebody yeah. like that one felt, I did it. I did it for a week and I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. You tried it. I tried, tried it. it. It sounds That's... a little bizarre, Why but not? you know. Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? What do you now have to say to the Tanya that was pushing this, other, that was basically presenting this other book that didn't get the book? When For people that are actually in it right now, who are getting the nose or who feel like they're setting the second dinner spot, you know, the second placement at the dinner table and are just like, what is going on? Like, what the fuck? Like, is this it? Is this how I'm just going to feel forever? Like, it, time is moving so slow right now. Like, am I ever going to get to that other side where someone does say yes and I do get that job or I do have a good date or, I do, you know, and who doesn't, may, hasn't acquired all of the emotional tools that you've, you know, been able to commit yourself really wonderfully to? Like, what advice do you have for someone in that moment to, um, to either just give them a glimmer of hope or give them something actionable or just shake them up a little bit? I think something that my mentor told me that I'll never forget was somebody's no today could be a yes tomorrow. And so I, I kind of adopting that mentality of just like, it is what it is right now. But like, if it's a passion of yours and it's a desire of your heart, keep going for it. You know, there's a special chapter in the book too, about a lot of people in Hollywood that didn't make it till their forties or fifties or sixties. And I think that we often put like an age where you have to do everything by. And I was like that too, with kids. I was like, I have to have my first kid before I'm 30. 
and 30 came and it's just like, well, why did I have this expectation on myself? Because I'm like really working on my career and I haven't found the person that I want to have a baby with. So like, I'm not going to do that. You know, Mm. um, I think really just being persistent, consistent, and just pushing through and appreciating your season for what it has to offer. Because I feel like I really, especially when I was single, I really focused on appreciating that season of my life, like waking up on a Saturday and getting to do whatever I wanted. I wasn't responsible for anybody but myself. I could sleep on the whole bed. I could wake up whenever I wanted. And like, I really did appreciate that season of my life because now it looks so different. You know, weekends are very different. We're waking up. We have to make breakfast for the kids. We have sports. We have have a whole another person and other people that I'm responsible for. And so um, just kind of knowing that everything is temporary, you know, you're never going to be the best. It's like the, what is it? It's the beautiful thing. And the, the not beautiful thing about life is that it just keeps going. You know, so like when something's really good, like it's going to, life's going to keep going, you know? And so it's just kind of always having that mentality of like, we're constantly moving forward and like, it will happen for you. It just might not pan out the way that you thought the expectation that you put on yourself. Yeah. I know I keep in my head, it just keeps popping in more money, more problems, you know, (laughs) like, like sometimes you get the things and it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. More problems doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It just means that there's more responsibilities and there's more things to think about. And that can be a beautiful thing. It's just an adjustment and a shift as well. Yeah, Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, What? it's so funny because while I am technically, like I'm in the process of divorce that is not like dating is not I don't know what word I am at this point but it's definitely not dating and it's definitely okay. not in that realm but it is a completely different world it's so funny cuz now I look back at friends of mine that had been s- single while I was you know in my late 20s and early 30s and I see all these annoying things that I must have done to them, which was just like pressure them to like, you need to just go on a date and then you need to go on this date and then you need to tell us oh, all about it. Every, and then we uh, need to borrow your phone because we're all going to like swipe right or swipe left and like, ooh, we just want to play and see what it's everybody like. Everybody has an opinion. When you're single, everybody wants to get on your apps. They want to talk to people, what you should be wearing, what you shouldn't be wearing. What, like it's very annoying. So here so is I your have- chance to have a PSA to people who are in relationships and how they talk to their single friends, their single friends who are in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, adulthood single friends, anyone with a fully formed frontal lobe, which basically means 25 and up. Uh, Leave them alone. Let people (laughs) do things at the pace that they're comfortable with. I feel like encouraging people is a beautiful thing, you know, like talking about your experiences because I feel like a lot of times, um, people don't want to meet people on dating apps. There's like the stigma with dating apps. And I'm like, I met my partner on a dating app and he's one of the greatest humans I've ever met. So they're not all bad guys on there. You know what I mean? So I like to encourage and preach that. But if somebody doesn't want to go on a dating app, then like don't push them or force them to go on a dating app. If they, you know what I mean? Like if somebody's not ready to date, don't push them or force them. It's just, I've lived it all. And I, when I tell you like, and it's still, it still continues. People are just like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? <laughs> or why didn't you freeze your eggs? And it's like, it, it just keeps going. It's just like, it never ends. So I'm actually have been able to really block it out because I'm just like, this is, I am, I have gone, I have researched about freezing my eggs. I don't want to do it. I have chosen not to do it. 
you giving me all these facts about it is not going to change my mind. I'm an adult and I made this decision for myself. So like I can really block it out, but it's just so irritating. Yeah. Yeah. So many people have opinions about women's bodies and what they do with them. Right. So many, so So many, many. (laughs) so many opinions. And that's the other thing, too, is it's like you do you and let other people do what they want to do. I think that's the thing is like we're just so in this society of like everybody has to do everything the way that I think is right or it's wrong. It's just like that's not the case. Yeah. Yep. At all. Um, Well, 100 Days to Finding the Hope and Joy You Want, The Sunshine Mind. It is available everywhere now. So go get it. Go get it. Um, Before I let you go, I want to do a fun little word association. Um, I like to do it. I just keep forgetting on some of these episodes. So I want to make sure I get to do this with you. So I'm just going to ask you five questions. Just whatever comes to your mind. um, Just answer whatever pops in your head. But something that you like. The show Bad Sisters. What's Bad Sisters? Oh my gosh, it's on Apple TV Plus. I just finished it last night. That's why it's like top of mind. It's really good. Perfect. Good to know. Good to know. Um, Something that, uh, and speaking of good to know, something that you know. My worth. Yes. Something that you hate. Uh, User 59302 that like always comments awful things to people. Who is this? I don't know. It's just like it's all just those like trolls. Those trolls, just like, online trolls. Yeah, yeah, they never have a face on their Instagram. They're like user five, nine, whatever, it's whatever, whatever. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Now there's like troll bots where like, and I only know that from being a Housewives fan and, and just reading up on that drama. I'm like, that's a it's thing. Just, I wish those could, I hate them. I wish they could just all go away. Ugh, I, yes, agree. Okay, some something that you love, not including friends, family, or loved ones. Something that I love. This is going to sound so cheesy, but the sun. I love that. It makes me very, it is very important. (laughs) We all need it to survive emotionally and physically. Yes. It does. It was was raining here for a few days in LA for like consistently. And I was finding myself being like, okay, I need to see the sun. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it gets, that is the one thing. Like I love being in Tennessee with the seasons and luckily the winter season isn't like, at, like it's dreary, dreary, but um, we've gotten so much snow this winter that it's been like beautiful. And so, but now it's back to, to gray and sad. So I, I too, I too love and miss the sun. Okay. Yeah. And final question, something quirky about you. Something quirky about me. Um, I mean, a lot of things, but I'm one of those people where if I go on a run outside, like I'm running down the street by myself, I sing all my songs out loud. So like, (laughs) I don't care who's around. I don't care if people stare at me. I love singing out loud when I'm on my like runs. So that's me. That's amazing. I do that when I'm scared. Like when I'm skiing, like, I'm, you know, that like meme that's going on or that video that's going around that little kid where the parents put a microphone on them. I'll like sing on a ski mountain when I'm like scared of the run that I'm going down. Or when I was like, I I did a road trip by myself through Scotland and you have to drive in the wrong side of the street and the wrong side of the car. So for just like the couple hours I had to get to the next town, I just was like blaring Taylor Swift, just like wide eyed, white knuckling the white knuckling the steering wheel, just like singing, being like, if I sing loud enough. I will keep this car on the right wrong side of the road. 
Oh, yes. interesting. Yes. So it's like a fear thing. Yeah. So the second you said I, I sing while I run, I was like, mm, to, to ward off predators. Yes, that's why you're doing it because you're terrified <laughs> yes. as a woman running by themselves. Exactly. I'm like, oh, exactly. no, it's for joy. Just for joy. People also just sing for, for joy. Um, that yeah. is a part of it. Too. I like just doing like silly things. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I feel like I act like a kid and I don't care. Yeah, that's important. Uh, it's yeah. a very important thing. I know one of my favorite authors, that's, I think the final line in my favorite book is, uh, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. And I just, I love that so much. That is so deep on so many levels. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. You just have an infinite childhood. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This has been a Super Bloom podcast hosted by me, Candace King, produced by Melissa D. Monts and Diamond Imprint Productions and advertisement partnerships with ACAST.